There is no error with your audio outputs. Do not attempt to fix any sound issues. We are monitoring you with this device. We control your options and settings. We are transmitting through your internet connection, but our signal is actually entering your mind, sending electrical impulses into the very tissues of your brain. Try to stay calm. We've taken over your senses for the duration of this broadcast. You are helpless to resist. We have taken control for your own sake. There are things you must know. This is Paranoia Radio, hosted by Olaf Phillips and Ron Patton. And welcome to another thrilling episode of the Paranoia Podcast. I am Olaf Phillips. I am the publisher of Paranoia Magazine, Ron. And I'm Ron Patton, editor-in-chief of Paranoia Magazine. So, Ron, uh, before we get going on the podcast, I got big news, man. What is it, Olaf? So, <clears throat> besides the fact that I'm working on a secret project that I will not tell you anything about. I don't even know. It is coming. No, you don't. It is coming. But something Paranoia is working on something very interesting. Mm-hmm. And I think that our listeners and our fans will enjoy it when it's ready. Let's just say that, that I have a machine learning expert currently teaching a piece of paranoia-built software mm-hmm. to do something extraordinary. Hmm. Perhaps uh, we're, we're, you're building a, an AI called Paranoia? No. Okay. I'm not building an AI. No, no, no AIs. I'm not a big fan of AIs. Okay. But but it, it, it will do something fascinating, and I think you guys will all get a huge kick out of it. Now, um, for a while now, I've been slowly... Uh, having various things converted into vector images. Mm -hmm. And so my first project was to create the Paranoia CIA airline uh, collection. It's our T-shirt collection. Yes. uh, CIA airlines for everybody. Mm -hmm. We've got Southern Air Transport and Air America and all that. Evergreen Air. Evergreen Air. Been to Evergreen Air. Been to the headquarters. It was thrashed. It was Mm -hmm. amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, now I have a new one that we are about to unveil. It is the secret patch collection. Oh yeah. Those are popular. People like to yeah. sew them on their coats and shit. no, it's going to be t-shirts. It's going to be t-shirts, stickers, mugs. Mm-hmm. So if you always wanted to get a t-shirt or a mug or whatever with, with one of those secret patches, yeah, the crazy secret patches. Mm-hmm. Well, we are going to be releasing our first rev of those very soon. But in the meantime, if you like one of the most amazing paranoia shirts, Camp Paranoia, we now have a Bigfoot edition. So we have the black helicopter, the UFO, and the Bigfoot edition. I'm gonna have to get that one. It's Anything? pretty pretty fucking awesome. I got I saw it. it. I know. It, it's just like you're adding to it each time. There's something new and exciting. To well, I'm going to try to make a chupacabra one, although they don't really hang out in the forest. I yeah, the Jersey Devil does, though. Yeah, that's true. Anyway, what about um, Gator Boy? Gator Boy, we can do a Gator Boy one. Okay, thanks. I'm, I'm down with Gator Boy for, for me. Um, and and obviously we have the uh, the CIA airlines. We have Evergreen, Southern Air Transport, 
and uh, Air America. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to be adding some more. But go to ParanoiaMagazine.com, click on Store, then click on T-Shirts. That'll take you to our T-Republic page or T-Public or whatever the hell it's called. T-Public, yeah. T-Public, or you can go straight there and just type in Paranoia and you'll find us. Um, We have some other T-Shirts on there, too. We have one from uh, Mr. Robot because it's like my favorite show. So I have one for F Society Mm -hmm. on there. Uh, anyway, please, it supports Paranoia Operations and podcasts and all kinds of other crap. Uh, we do have a Patreon. Uh, I don't really push it, but it does exist. Or you can just PayPal me money. Yeah, That's good. better yet. Just PayPal yeah. me money. It's actually PayPal flawless. It's whatever kind of money you want to PayPal me just for the, for the hell of it, you know, feel free. Uh, this is the best amateur hour on podcasting. And it's always a good cause. It's always a good cause. It pays for paranoia crap. Mm-hmm. You got anything going on, Ron? I'm still trying to uh, procure more articles for the upcoming issue of Paranoia Magazine. So we're almost there. We're almost getting there. We're almost there. And you know, we, uh, so I'm excited what we have already. We have some good shit. We have poetry. We have poetry from Are You Serious? Oh, get out of here. Are you serious? No, for real. Wow. The guy, the guy who founded Mondo 2000. Uh huh. Oh. Yeah, he he supplied he supplied some uh, some poetry for us. I'm it's pretty good. Uh, <laughs> I can't wait. Uh, but he was very yeah. kind. Argue was very kind uh, and and gave us some to publish. So. Sweet. Hey, yeah, um, very really quick though, really quick. Uh, So Dr. Demento is going to be out in Portland at the end of the month. And so what I'd really like to do is kind of like uh, lasso or corral him for like an hour so we can do like a paranoia podcast with that dude. That'd be fun. We need to to do a paranoia podcast with Dr. Demento. and uh, He would do it. I need to talk to Philo uh, from the uh, Subgenius. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, there's a few people we got to get on. I, you know, I got an amazing book about propaganda and news. Uh, I'm gonna get, we're gonna get them on. The guy who wrote it. Good. Uh, we got a, we got some interesting guests coming up. We just and and what about some books? Do we have some upcoming books that are gonna be published soon, or what? We we just did. Um, I just released a book that is the Paranoia Guide to Cryptozoology Movies. Yes. Um, it is. It is on Amazon. It is like 50 of the best uh, movies mm-hmm. involving crypto, cryptids ever. I'm going to push some that. Of them are I'm going to push it tonight. Yeah. I'm going to, um, I'll post the link on the Facebook. Um, I, I got a, and then we've got a couple more on the pipeline. Uh, yep. Rob, um, I believe uh, we have one coming up on the Mason thing. Yep. And and a couple others. So Ralph Epperson. We got to get that Ralph Epperson one out too. We need to get the Ralph Epperson one out. We really need yep. to do that. I have, I am behind the eight ball, but whatever. Right and, and by the way, everybody, thanks for, uh, for hanging in there with us. We took a little time off, uh, for the holidays, but we're back in business and we're trying to do this on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. Now we've chatted enough. Ron, introduce our guest, please. Hey, tonight we have, on the Paranoia Podcast, Jimmy Jean. He has a podcast called Into the Microcosm. And I actually um, 
met Jimmy Jean a few years ago. He's a big fan of Ground Zero with Clyde Lewis, and he was sending us all kinds of crazy art and, uh, you know, suggestions for shows and stuff. And uh, he's just been a really good friend and a really good supporter of uh, a lot of the stuff that I'm into. And then we finally got to meet at the uh, Contact in the Desert. Right, Jimmy Jean? <laughs> Jimmy Jean, are you there? Uh-oh. It is a mute button. Did you uh, mute button? Have... Mute button I could was... be evil. I know, I was not in control simply because I was... Um, going out we are going out live over youtube right now and uh so if i mute up skype then the the broadcast doesn't go out on youtube so i had to mute no problem hey yeah so i was a giant huge fan of the ground zero and uh nice to nice to be here guys thanks for having me olaf uh thanks for the uh i noticed some nice uh Deli trays here in the green room for me, and I appreciate it. Yeah, appreciate the good brewskis too. Check I it out. That's from Seven Eleven, baby. He's yes. got. By uh, the way, go shout ahead. Out to, shout out to Raj over there at the Quick Stop. Mm-hmm. Hey man, you're awesome. Okay, continue. Yes. So um, I was saying, um, I uh, what was I saying? You oh, were talking about I the just, amazing deli yeah. trays. You're right, right. Yeah, no, I was, I was, I was so dumbfounded by the fact that you actually had Calistoga in a glass bottle. Now that is class, man. That, yeah. that is class. And the well, pickles are yeah. kosher too. Hey, hey, eat kosher. It's the best way to avoid GMO. Believe me. Right on, brother. GMO and kosher, none. But um, yeah, so we had originally, you know, we met behind the scenes and, you know, I was doing those, uh, I was trying to do montages, remember, and then uh, mm-hmm. I made that video and then, you know, you guys just, you guys went your way and I went and started the show, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, I was on True Frequency Radio for like two years, um, you know, I ended up, you know, I was doing a late night show, that type of thing. But the reason that cl- that I ended up going on you guys' show the first time was because of the I've, because I built cell sites for ten years. Yeah, and, yeah. And so, you know, that's how I, I originally got on on Clyde's show. But I had such a good time with you guys down at Contact in the Desert, mm. and I this year I'm I'm thinking I'm going to be doing a live broadcast from Contact in the Desert. Do yeah, it. You should. I want to. Olaf is going to be there this time. We're going to get all organized and situated. Oh, and, nice. Yeah. We're going well, to <laughs> cram them in the room. It costs 1500 bucks over there to get an internet connection, a direct connection, and that's all we need. Well, I have, uh, yeah, I've got all the gear here. Um, we could do broadcast quality uh, stuff coming out of there. I got all yeah, no, so, we're amateur. We're amateur hour. We'll go LTE. Okay. I was supposed to do my show from there last year when I was down there, and I couldn't get. I couldn't go in. <laughs> I couldn't. I couldn't get an internet connection, and I, I tried to get yeah, one. From that there. really sucked. That did suck. I was disappointed, but you know what? I can't say I didn't have a good time when I didn't do the show that night because that was the night where uh, they had all the drumming. And yeah. everybody, 
it was so cool there, man. I mean, that seriously, I, I and never in a million years catch me going to something like that. Not oh, because then, I, yeah. Then we were smoking marijuana cigarettes too. I know everybody was. Yeah. Was well, just, yeah. I mean, it was like everybody was just really having a good time, even if they weren't smoking the four twenties. Oh, know, they were. Weren't, still, weren't we hanging out by uh, Giorgio Sukolovic? <sighs> Right, we were uh, by George oh, oh, and don't, Eric Von Donigan and those guys, and it was just that was kind of weird. It's like they had their groupies and don't you get know, me started. You're nice, yeah. but I want some I'll, groupies. Hey, I'll tell you guys the coolest, the coolest dude at the whole event besides Clyde. I mean, I'm not gonna. Clyde's not in this category because this guy was out roaming around. Yeah, you know the guy they made the movie about uh, that got. In uh, in the woods, Travis Walton. Yeah, that guy has got to be. Oh, he's a trip. He is so cool, man. He was walking around with a guitar. Cool. He had a Sears Parlor guitar, mm-hmm. which I don't know if you guys know, but they're really hard to find, and people love those guitars, man. And uh, he yeah, had yeah. one of those. He was walking around playing flamenco guitar. <laughs> With his suit, he had his shirt on and a tie and everything. His mustache, man, he was so suave. I swear, he was the he was so cool, I'm man. Suave. I'm not suave. I show up in shorts and a shorts and a Carhartt shirt. I'm a Carhartt guy. Carhartt, yeah, you can sponsor me. It's okay. Yeah. Wow, that's fun. Right. You know, it's, it's funny that you guys are talking about uh, that cat from uh, Ancient Aliens, yeah. and I'm. Over I'm over in a chat room letting people know that we're broadcasting. Mm-hmm. And the dude just put up a picture, a gif of that guy. So I wonder if they're listening to us. Hey, if you guys are listening, come on over to the uh-huh. YouTube. <laughs> wow, that's wild, isn't it? Technology. Technology. I know. All right. Hey, so- hey we got to, hey, Olaf, uh, you know, it'd yeah. be really nice if we had like a call in situation. Isn't there something oh, called a Twitch or Twatch or something like that where yeah. people can call in? I'm sure I can engineer something. I am an engineer. Yeah, that would be fun to get some calls, I think. Sure. Yeah. Well, yeah, I've also cool. been playing with doing on Facebook Live. Yeah. As well. Hey, yeah. Jim, psychotronic tetra system. What? What are you talking yes. about? Well, what you guys, what you guys were talking about was... Um, you know we're gonna we're gonna chat a little bit about uh 5g stuff yeah and the reason i threw that stuff over there to you because i have something might be a little bit more interesting and then we can get into the 5g later but i was so so i'm a wireless person uh i i did i built cell sites for nextel right for a while and i also did about in building stuff where i take outside signal and then bring it and distribute it throughout the building with antennas small antennas that are inside the building in the ceilings and um so that's how i got into the wireless stuff just to give you some background i did it for quite a long time and i was successful at it and the main reason that i stopped doing it was because i ended up getting cancer from it wow because i used to stand in front of antennas while i was working on them because you have to work on everything hot Mm mm-hmm uh, so I eventually got lymphoma. I had stage four lymphoma. Got that in 2006. I uh, survived the treatment. I'm still here. Um, 
I don't know what's going on because I don't go to the doctors. You know, I'm I'm fine. That's all. I, you know, it's a decade later. I mean, 2006 is 2018. So, you know, I don't know. But I didn't think I'd be here now. So, you know, bottom line, I can tell you without there is no question about it. Okay, why are the signals are dangerous to the human to the human form? So that there is no question about it in a lot of ways, not just your yeah. your flesh, not just what goes on with your flesh. Um, which goes on with your soft tissues, but also what goes on, um, you know, mentally. Because um, every emotion uh, has been measured and they know exactly what frequencies each emotion transmit at and they can harmonize a human being to that frequency at any given moment. And with the cell phone itself, you could literally triangulate and basically target anybody anywhere on the, on the face of the earth at this point with this technology. So everybody's worried about 5G and you know and I can understand that but really realistically the time to be worried was about 10 years ago when they were putting uh-huh. wireless in your kids schools. Yes. You know because brains you know kids skulls don't form really until they're after after they're 7 years old. Uh-huh. And uh, not uh, having these signals flying around. You know, there was just a big thing down here in Santa Cruz, um, right down the central coast here, down in Pacific Grove. There was a school that said they didn't want no uh, a cell site to be built um, on their property. And it was this big old thing, and it was, you know, all in the newspaper, and it was just a big thing. And you know what? In the end, they lost. And the reason why is because... There's a there's a clause that says if there's already something there like electrical pole or electrical uh, anything to do with electrical, mm-hmm. they yeah, can right put a, they can put a cell site there and they don't have to ask you permission and you don't you can't say no. But here's the thing, all the times that they're sitting there worrying about that cell site, they never once said anything about the wireless that's blasting through their kids' skulls inside them rooms. Yeah. From the, from because you know what? In order to make it work like they need it to, mm-hmm. the, the people that are putting that stuff in, I mean, they're not they're not measuring it with some to make sure it's not going to be this or that. They're just trying to get it in, get it done, and making sure that, this, that the laptop works over in the corner in the gym when the guy got his head in the locker. I mean, that's what I used to have to do. When I'd go install these systems, I installed systems all over California for Nextel. I installed them at the Anaheim Hilton Hotel, you know, and the dude literally, I kid you not, this is how sick it is. This is why people will never give up their cell phones. So I'm telling you psychologically from what I know, just being in the business, Mm -hmm. no, they won't ever give it up. No matter how dangerous it is, no matter what we say about it, this dude literally the, the contract said that we would provide them coverage in 99% of the building where they wanted it. Mm-hmm. The, this guy, the general manager of the hotel, he went to the gym and he stuck his head in the locker and he couldn't use his phone. And that's where he wanted to be able to use it. In that one place where he couldn't use it. Right. And that's, and that's just what everybody does. So anyways, 5G is going to be everywhere because the antennas need to be closer together and they're lower to the ground. And so what I was doing is um, I was going to do a presentation 
and I was looking into this the, the origins of the 5G technology. And what it is is this Tetris system that was utilized in the UK. And they were wow. utilizing it for this uh, for these police forces, for their radios, for their two-way radios. And so the reason I was looking at that was because these two-way radios and this group of people, to me, as a control group, see? It was, a, it was in a certain amount of people, and they had it going for 10 years. So you could look at that group of people as a control group. And see exactly what that technology did to that group of people. So that's what I was doing. I was looking at that, and you know, clearly they were messed up. They got cancers and all kinds of other stuff. But in the course of doing that, I ran into something that's called psychotronics. And that, my friends, opened up a whole really cool can of worms that I'm sure you're going to want to talk about because basically yeah, what, what psychotronics define it for us well I'll do better than define it for you I will I have I have the psych, psychotronics association of the United States of America I have their website pulled up right here and what it says at the, at the very top of their website it says bridging science spirit and mind and technology and so this is a these guys have been around for quite a long time and this all has to do with a lot of the things that we've heard about um, over the years and uh, the alternative media um, this these um, what's going on here is they are actually, measuring and repeating experiments having to do with consciousness and interfacing with technologies in the sense that um, they had something called an intention generator. Okay? And they put four meditators in a room and they meditated into this box that had this these crystals or whatever is in there. And... Um, they sent the box to uh, Germany and they put the box next to this glass of water. And what they meditated on was they wanted to change the alkalinity of the water. And so when they put this box next to this water, they uh, changed the alkalinity to the, of the water. They doubled it in the, in the glass. Right. So this, I'll read you the first paragraph of this. It says, the United States Psychotronics Association defines psychotronics as the science of mind-body-environment relationships. It's an interdisciplinary science concerned with the interactions of matter, energy, and consciousness. Psychotronics involves a study of research and applications of the physics and technologies of mind, brain, spirit, consciousness and the underlying forces of life and nature hence the term psychotronics we believe in a true understanding of the universe must include spiritual as well as technical provide the opportunity for amateur researchers to present their findings along with the professionals we stress research with documentation and results and practical applications rather than personal experiences unsupported of the hypothesis so everything that's contributed here, they started in 1975. Now, 
a lot of some of the science that you've known about in the past is a lot of what's gone on with Russia. I know I know you guys know what Russia Russia was heavily into um, their psi forces. Like and they had a, they did woodpecker and that kind of shit too. Yeah, they did that too. But what I was talking about is like the the Yuri Geller kind of stuff, the bend and spoons, the remote yeah. viewing, the mm-hmm. you know about people's hearts. Right. They psychology. Where they, well, it's not parapsychology. It's, it's psychotronics. But they they had a, a whole program where they took these people that were very powerful psychics <clears> and they would test them out and then they would try to have them stop. Like it, It's like men who stare at ghosts, but they, they did that over like a thousand miles. Right. So from like one end of Russia to the other, they would have them try to stop the heartbeat of a hamster or... A right. rabbit or a cow or whatever. Eventually, people, and they claimed at the time that they could actually stop a human heart Whoa. at a distance. I didn't yeah, even they, know they that. invested. Oh yeah, they invested tons of money in in psychotronics. I forget the the name of the program, but yeah, it was, supposedly they're still at it. They they believe deeply that and this stuff would work. Well, it definitely does work. They can yeah. measure it, and it's it's to the point now where it's it's a science, and there's absolutely no, there's absolutely it's irrefutable that everything that we've suspected all along about all these different things, um, free energy, uh, all this. Let me give you guys a few of these names here who have contributed to this psychotronics U.S. Psychotronics Association, Royal Raymond Wright. Uh, oh yeah, um, Rupert. Diego. Right, Rupert Sheldrick, uh, Nikola oh, Tesla, Nikola oh, Tesla. That guy. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, it's just the, the the list goes on and on. Literally, there's there's probably fifty names here. Now, <clears throat> part of what goes on with this, you guys, is they've actually measured uh, the third eye, and they measured uh, the third eye when it got open. Um, and when it was closed, there was a different energy field. So, so they're so they're super intent on on subtle energy, and and that's the thing is that you see that these um, wireless devices are a more grotesque version of the subtle energies. In other words, it's these subtle energies are just as powerful, but they're just at a different frequency and wavelength that we're used to. And um, so, you know, all the things that we've been talking about all these years that seems so paranormal or seems so weird, everybody thought it was weird or whatever, it, you know, in, in reality, it's, you know, it's not weird and they have science here. Now, I don't know if you guys want to, but um, if you want, I can probably get you a pretty cool clip we can play. Um, if you want to play that audio through here, just um, let me know and I'll go grab it because she'll explain the whole thing. And she, this is the woman who runs it. And you know what, Olaf? They're right over there in Oakland. You really? can lit- Yeah, you could literally go right over there and talk to this woman. And I, and I bet you she would be super stoked to talk to you. You could probably interview oh. her for the – yeah, she's really super friendly, man. Really friendly. Oh, yeah, let me – yeah, let me dig this clip up. I, I can't remember her name, so even if I can't, uh, if you guys don't want to play this clip, I can still um, 
get her name for you real quick. So what do you think about this? I mean, this is uh, this ties right into the wireless technology because everything they know about so, this. Well, what what's what's your premise? So they're they're going to use cell phones once they light up five G. That they're that because the wavelength is close enough, they're going to use it to manipulate your your consciousness and manipulate your feelings and. Well, yeah, they don't. I guess they don't need transceiver, uh, right? Yeah, they don't need 5G to do that. I mean, they already can do that. You know, 5G is just the next generation of wireless technology that's going to put a, you know, it's going to put a 3D image in your hand. Samsung's already got a phone where uh, the 3G, the 3D image is going to pop up in your hand. So, in other words, if, so, if there's a, so, so, I mean, yeah. The, there's what I you know what I was saying earlier is there's absolutely no doubt that um, you can be manipulated with wireless signals. They tested in Iraq, the second Iraq war. They put devices on the roof over there, and they generated signals that made people angry, made people you know getting all you know uptight you know, and then you know what you remember when you saw the statue come down. Yeah, and the dude, right. and the dude's like jumping up and down with his, you know, hitting his, with his shoe. Yeah, there was there was units up on the roofs of those buildings. I mean, you know, they they don't need five G to mind control people. You know, people no, are mind. They just need uh, those rad systems. They did it in Seattle at the World Trade Talks a few years yeah. ago. It, you know, the thing so, about it is, you know, it's possible. It's possible to do to do stuff at your house and do stuff for yourself to sort of eliminate, you know, most people most people that have, uh, you know, most people that have quite a bit of money, they spend they spend quite a bit of money making sure that their windows are made out of the kind of glass that people can't send signals through, and you know, I mean, there's a there's a material called shungite. Have you ever heard of it? No. Yes, I just did. Really, it only comes from one place in Russia, and that will totally block it out. But there's all the, there's other kinds of ways you can block it out if you really wanted to. But it could, like I said, it costs a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Like uh, some sort of like Faraday cage. Yeah. Well, yeah, kind of like a Faraday cage. But I mean, you know, it'd be some some construction method that you do. You you know, make a make your walls out of a certain materials and then build materials on top of that and then finish it off with whatever sheetrock and make it look like a normal wall. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I used to have a room where at, when I was building the cell sites, I had a room that was completely inside of it was, uh, the roof was covered with a uh, corrugated steel. Mm-hmm. You can put corrugated steel up and, you know, as a roof material in a room. Right. Yeah. It looks cool too. It's kind of industrial. And then I hung some, I hung some uh, lights off some cables, where you put the two, yeah. the two connections together, and it makes it. It's, it's pretty so, cool. So, are they gonna? Are they doing it with the phone? Or are they doing it with the tower? Uh, and, and phone or tower? <laughs> I mean, the, the phone is an integral part of it. I mean, the For here's sure. the thing. Here's the thing most people don't realize. Hello, hello. Most, most people don't realize this. The phone in your pocket has got more power coming out of it than the cell site. Wow. 
Well, it's a transceiver, right? So it's gonna it's going to have to because it's sending and receiving And every every three milliseconds, it says, "Here I am, here I am." And so you, every three milliseconds, you know, you're getting blasted by the signal going out, coming back. So, you know, there's no, I mean, that's the thing. That's the thing that's so mind blowing is that everybody wants to jump on this whole 5G is going to be mind control stuff. When if somebody really wanted to stop all this, what's going on with this wireless stuff, mm-hmm. what they should be talking about is the health effects of it and those effects on the children. Yes. That will stop this stuff dead in its tracks. Well, especially in the schools, because I have a good friend by the name of Jesus Mendoza from Mission, Texas, who's a uh, targeted individual of electronic harassment. And he's actually putting together a uh, lawsuit against the U.S. government in terms of uh, having Wi-Fi in schools. And... Uh, yeah, it's something that's very serious, something that's very shocking. Because if you look at the actual scientific studies, independent studies, it really shows uh, a lot of these uh, adolescents are very susceptible to brain damage. Well, I know that, you know, I know that when I was a boy, and we didn't have cell phones in school, and I didn't have one in my crib. Yeah. I used to play outside till it got dark, and then I came in the house. And and the children of today can't play outside um, by themselves. And the, you know, so you know the the millennials that we see today are almost a different breed of of human than than what was seen previously, because they've grown up with a piece of equipment in their hand that's literally a supercomputer. Yeah. I mean, right the when I was a boy, I used to go to this uh, friend of our, our families uh, to get him from work every day. And he worked at AT&T. Mm-hmm. And there was a whole building there, that, a giant four-story building that was two blocks long where he worked. And everybody's got ten times the power of everything that was in that building in their hand. And, and you know, eventually people are either going to say, you know what, well, you know, it's just part of the price you got to pay. You know, you got to get cancer if you want to, you know, communicate. Or, you know, do something like what your friend's doing because, and, and you know, the more people can support something like that, that's something that can get the attention of the media. Is yeah. not, so you go start running around talking about how it's mind control. You're just going to be thrown in the bin over on YouTube over there, you know, with the rest of it. You know, it's just a bunch of. It, that's what I'm saying. That's what I was. That's what I was saying about those people on the cell site behind their school. How they were so infuriated about the cell site, yet they never said one word about the wireless in their school. Right. It's so. So they got. So they lost against the cell company. It almost makes me think to myself, well, what was that? Was that just a thing to show everybody that there's a law that says you can have a cell site and there's nothing you can do about it? Because why? I mean, why wouldn't they include the wireless in the, in the argument in the school? I'm just saying it seems kind of weird that they just go, oh, well, I guess, oh, oh, we tried, you know, we tried, but, uh, you know, we just didn't do it. And they all went back to being soccer moms or whatever. And, yeah. You know, 
put the signs away. And meanwhile, their kids are in there getting blasted by signal, mm-hmm. you know, the whole time they're in there. And, you know, not to mention the fact that everybody's got to give their kid a cell phone because you don't want little Bobby wandering away, do you? Right. I mean, you got to know, know where Bobby is, don't you? Where's yeah. Bobby putting that phone? Well, he's putting it right in his pocket, isn't he? Oh, yeah. Right next to his soft testicles, isn't he? Yeah. Oh, wow. You know, then he grew up, and now look. Oh, we're having problems, honey. I just don't understand why we can't have those children, baby. I, You know, I don't know. I, mean, I didn't realize it. Was, you know. And next thing you know, down, down at the doctor, and you got to go through all these changes. And, you know, yeah. I, mean, it's, I mean, it's the time to do something. The, the wireless horse is out of the barn, man. And yep. now the only thing it is going to be from now until the end of time is pedal to the metal because when people start seeing what they can do with 5g believe me they're not going to cry about it at all they're going to be they're going to beg for more just like that guy that's why i was telling you just you know people list once you give it to them they want more i used to look i used to do jobs for nextel for example i did this i did this project it was for this place called hodges transportation this place is in the middle of the of the desert up in Utah by Carson City, by uh, Virginia, by Virginia City, and this for the government tests all these vehicles. They run these tests twenty four hours a day. They're running these vehicles. This place out in the middle of nowhere, man. You know, mm-hmm. signal out there. That's what they wanted, and when and once they got it. I literally, I went out there. I got signal off this, off this, off this tower, 60 miles away. I put it on a repeater, and then I put another antenna, and I blasted signal down in this valley where there was no phones, man. There was nothing there until I did that. Okay, as soon as they got it, I, I mean, not, not three hours later, they wanted me to go into this building and put a system in so that I could suck the signal into the building so they could use it. And then the guy wanted it in the in the offices and so on and so forth. So, you know, the psychology of people is there that you know it's just like how many big TVs do you have? Do you need? I mean, if you already had a sixty-five inch, do you really got to go get the one that's only a half inch thick? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, at some point, it's it's never going to be enough until you're literally you're in the matrix and you're in that bubble and you're just consuming uh liquids while you click while you click away mm-hmm. on, on on websites yeah hey uh jimmy jean i want to also ask you about um sort of the um inhalation of nanoparticulates metallic nanoparticulates from chemtrails uh-huh. and how that sort of plays into this Due to the fact that, you know, some surmise that there's a lot of con- conductivity, um, and it also sort of enhances the whole uh, electromagnetic malaise that we're in. It totally does. It's, I mean, it has everything to do with it. You know, I've, there's a lot of particulates that are going on not just metal there's a lot of these uh there's a lot of these plastics right there's some there's some of these carbon fibers Uh and i've i mean i i don't have any documentation to to back it up but i've seen some i've seen i've heard some talk and i've seen some information 
to suggest that this Morgellons, um, this Morgellons sort of representation that happens where people have stuff coming out of their skin. Yes. Right. It's almost representative of a, of a small fiber optic network. Yeah. And some, some people are putting forward, uh, that maybe these are, uh, you know, self-connecting, uh, nano particles that, you know, sort of find each other and create these networks that are then, uh, transmitted to by some low level transmitters, say like a, um, power meter or a meter on the side of your house. Right. Uh, could be transmitting some frequencies to, you know, excite a certain network, maybe. I don't know. You know, so, who knows? So both, uh, both biological and mechanical, right? We're speculating, but that, I mean, I would have to assume that I know that there's self, um, there's self-forming nanoparticles experiments that have been done in the medical fields where they send these particles in to destroy um, tumors. Yes. And uh, so I would have to say that at, at that point, if I know that, then really what we're talking about is what the mission is of the particle. So if they could predict and do a mission that way, then I would say that they'd be able to do a mission for some other reason to build some other kind of structure inside the human body based on, you know, that type of technology. Well, it's interesting you say that because I've had uh, several discussions with Ilana Freeland, who's uh, written a few books about the uh, space fans and chemtrails and geoengineering. And she firmly believes that what they're trying to do is they're trying to create the next um, prototype of the human species, you know, like uh, human 2.0, and a lot of that is going to involve uh, AI. So, what have you ever heard anything about that? Oh yeah, I love her work. She's done great work. Yeah, I put forward the uh, I put forward the position that we're already human 2.0 because it's not a hardware situation; it's fully software. Right, software. The software is coming out of the Silicon Valley. The software is social media. Mm -hmm. The software is um, all the ways that we're programmed all the way down the line. I've even come, I mean, after the stuff, I've been, I've been doing some work on some stuff last couple, about a month. And, you know, everything I've looked at, I'm going to tell, I'm going to say right now that, okay. number one, they're 99% sure about what you're going to do before you do it. Number two, I'm pretty sure that everybody's internet is their internet. Yes. What you see every day is fed to you based yeah. on what a kind of a emotional response they right. want to get out of you. And the algorithms that are developed from that. Right. So there's, I mean, it's so complicated, but I would say, you know, uh, first thing is to worry about children, I guess. And, you know, that's that's the thing is at least, if, if anything, just get that wireless out of those schools, you know. Uh -huh. At least give them a chance, you know, give them a chance. Say maybe maybe it should be no wireless and no cell phones. Everybody's got to turn their phone at the desk or whatever, you know. Right. Well, Who knows? I, yeah, I mean, there are different ways from my understanding as to either offsetting or mitigating the effects 
of a lot of that electromagnetic radiation. And I've heard like organite is supposed to sort of uh, refract that as well as certain types of diodes. Do you know anything about that? Yeah, organite, um, what it does is it refocuses your energy field back. Uh, it kind of, I mean, I made some of it uh, a few years ago. And I, I made one and I put it up on my window and it wasn't even, I swear it wasn't even there for more than five minutes. Uh-huh. And uh, birds started to congregate around my window. You know, started to like, uh, you know, sing in and getting all happy out on the branches. Wow. So, I mean, yeah, organized for real. No, no question. I've actually seen um, stuff that looks like cloud busters. Oh, you know, yeah. Yeah. Like what they do is they, they build a giant organite with copper pipes and yeah, huge crystals. I've seen that. And they come in different sizes, right? Yeah, it's wild, man. But uh, yeah, so that's part of what we were talking about earlier. Organite is organite is Wilhelm Reich. Uh That is what he was doing, and he was talking about sexual energy. And what happened to him was, they said that he was pornographic or whatever, and they took away his um, they took away his materials, and they burned all his books. Uh But now. But now it's tr- it's come to find out that guess what, uh, everything he said was right, and uh, he was he's Wilhelm. He was right, right, right on, brother. Yeah, yeah. So here I'm trying to get this clip for you guys because uh, this psychotronics lady is super. She's really cool, and she goes into about a three. You guys have three minutes. Yeah, we can do it. Sure. Okay. Yeah. Let me go of this let me go over here and try to grab this thing yeah so organite is really cool and i've seen these um people make these it's called powered organites yeah okay and i've seen pictures of the aura you know you can take a picture of the aura yeah and i've seen these picture who was developed by psychotronics mm-hmm. by russia so there's another psychotronics re- reference right there. Um, anyways, the guy's energy field went from like this yellowish kind of brown color, mm-hmm. and he turned, flicked the switch on this powered organite, and his whole aura changed into this like really bright white with magenta and all this. It was really cool, man. Hang on a second. Yeah. Well, I've also heard that these diodes that you can stick on your cell phone is also good at deflecting or refracting some of that uh, electromagnetic radiation. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the thing, the thing about it is, is like you see these people and, um, and it's, there's nothing wrong with it. Um, they, they want to, they want to get their cell, the meter, the power meter off the side of their house. Yes. Okay. Well, if the next door neighbor has has uh, one on his house, and and all the neighbors around you, imagine, imagine everybody was singing a song, and you were all singing at the same key. You're all going la, and everybody was going, but one or two you didn't sing. It wouldn't matter because the rest of everybody because else, was, the the rest of everybody else's voices would be um, still going. So that's what's going on with that. You can, even if you take the one off your house or you make it so yeah. your cell phone is protected, you're still getting blasted by all the signal that's around you. 
Yeah. So, so, so the best, you know, the best, um, the best thing to do is to just know you're going to have to be around it. And yeah. once you know, you know, you're around it, then there's things you can do when you go home. If you really, really, really are committed. Okay. Mm-hmm. If you're committed. If you're committed to doing it, when you go home, turn off your wireless. Yes. Turn off, turn off all your um, modem or whatever. You want to know something? I'll tell you what. The wireless going through your house is the same. It's the same power as your microwave oven. Do you know how they? Do you know how they pick the frequencies for microwave oven? No. It was the one that didn't come out of the metal box that they made. But all it does, it's it, it excites the water molecules to bang up against, next to each other, mm-hmm. and um, cause heat, and that's what makes your food cook. And so that's exactly what's going on with your with your skull when you put it up next to your skull. And what makes it worse is most of those uh, wireless phones that people have in their house. Yeah. Um, the ones that you just plug out, plugged into the phone line or whatever it is. You're talking those, about cord, like cordless phones, right? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Those are worse <laughs> because there's no, there's literally nobody saying how powerful that could be or not be. And people want to be able to, you, you want to be able to use that thing when you're out in the backyard on the barbecue. So pretty much those things are blasting. So, I mean, if you're going to get down to it and you're, like I say, you're committed um, these things that you got to do, you got to turn off those uh, handheld phones. You got to get yeah. turn off the cell phones. You got to turn off the wireless. And believe me, your house will seem a lot peaceful. You'll you, you'll really be able to get some sleep. I mean, I've heard that actually from other people who just decided to be luddites and turn everything off. And within a day or two, they could definitely feel the difference, and they felt more. Serene, tranquil, less confused, you know, more lucid. So, yeah, there's something to it. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's no... You're still being bombarded, though. I mean, if, if you have people with wireless networks on either side of you, the, you're still getting bleed from that. Yeah, especially so if you're, that. like, in a duplex or an apartment complex, I would imagine. Even that. if you're not. Really? I mean, I you know, I, I live in a normal house. Yep. And I can see the wireless networks. I mean, I can't connect to them, but I can see the wireless networks of all my neighbors. Right. <laughs> but what's the range in terms of how that affects you in an adverse manner? Well, it's all going to affect you no matter it what, is, right? Yeah, I mean, that's, that's what we're talking about is people trying to eliminate it. But like I'm saying, like I was saying earlier, I mean, the wireless horse is out of the barn now. Mm-hmm. I mean... There's no turning back. Literally, after we get off the air, you should go listen, go look for this new Samsung phone that's coming out. And another thing, listen, GM. The reason this 5G is so important is not why everybody think it ain't. It's not so they can mind control everybody. It's so everything can run off of it. They're gonna untether the. They're gonna untether the robots when they have 5G. They can untether the robots. And here, here's something you might not even know. Um, GM came out with a car this year. It's coming out in 2019. Uh, No way a a person can even drive it. It drives itself. And that's what 5G is. We've actually done a show on that. (laughs) That's what 5G is all about. Hey, listen, you guys, I found this clip. So um, 
I'm going to try to run this. Now, usually it's best if, uh, let me see here. Let me see if we can get it going. All right, here it comes. Let's see. Great. It's such a pleasure to have you as. Uh, All right. Can you guys hear that? Yeah, we yep. can. Okay, here we go. I'm starting it from the beginning. Here we go. I'm Jeffrey Mishlove. I'm here with Dr. Beverly Rubick, the president of the United States Psychotronic Association. Beverly and I will both be speakers at the annual convention of the association to be held in July of 2018 in Chicago. Hello, Beverly. Hi, Jeffrey. It's such a pleasure to have you as um, an invited speaker to our event. I'm happy to be there. I think I have some interesting things to share uh, about my specialty, parapsychology, which, of course, is closely related to psychotronics. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And the theme of this year's conference is Mind, Matter, and Ether and Applications to Radionics. So mm -hmm. we're looking at really the foundations of what really is mind and matter and that sacred combination? And what's the nature of space anyway? Mm -hmm. uh, we're going back to older ideas of science, but even mystical ideas and indigenous concepts of ether, of uh, primordial, uh, very sublime material mm -hmm. that filled the universe mm -hmm. in which we interact. And there will be many speakers at the conference, I know. We have a, a very large slate of invited speakers this year, and then several of our board members are also speaking mm -hmm. on quite a wide variety of topics. And psychotronics, for those who may not know, is a field that combines technology with uh, psychology and uh, psychology in the deep sense of uh, the human soul. Yes, but we also go beyond that. Mm -hmm. uh, certainly, we have uh, instrumentation and how mind machine couples, but we're really interested fundamentally in the nature of consciousness and how it can manifest uh, things psychically <laughs> from psychokinesis to uh, other aspects of so called paranormal or mm -hmm. psi. So people who are interested in knowing what's going on in the cutting edge of this very uh, complex, exotic, and interesting field uh, would wish to attend the conference. Yes, it's open, uh, not just to our membership, but to mm -hmm. anyone who wants to come. Mm -hmm. The dates are July 20th through the 22nd, 2018, in Deerfield, Illinois. Mm -hmm. We also have some pre-conferences on introduction radionics, and we'll have some post-conference workshops. So there she is. There it is. What do you think? <laughs> oh, pretty wild. I mean, it'd be interesting. I, I know. I know. Here, I'm going to drop the link in Skype for you so you can uh, check her out, Olaf. I, I know for a yeah. fact you, you could probably get her. Um, you could probably go over and talk to her. Here, you guys want to hear this other thing about the intention device? Here, let me throw this in here real quick. We'll just do two minutes. Look, it's 11-11. you got okay, to do it. Do it. Okay. Then you have to do it. That's do all there is to it. And that's what There's professional companies. All right, here we go. Here she is. All righty. Okay, here she comes. So much about this cutting-edge technology. It's just awesome. And I'm going to speak to it today about psychotronics, whereby... We're talking about the interface of intention, you might even add prayer, with devices. So, I have to advance this and that at the same time. 
Okay, so I can see what I'm doing because I can't read that little screen back there. <laughs> so first of all, what, it, what really is psychotronics? It came out of parapsychology. And you may think that's woo-woo, but there really is a literature out there, especially in contemporary times for the power of intention, uh, the power of the mind to interact with the material world. Uh, from very respectable researchers such as Robert John and Brenda Dunn at Princeton University, who for almost 30 years explored mind interactions from hundreds of operators in millions of trials with devices, random number generators, random event generators, and the statistical significance is off the chart. So, and there are other labs, but that's one prime example. So the term psychotronics um, coming out of parapsychology uh, was coined in Czechoslovakia during the Cold War. So we didn't really learn about it until that famous book, Psychic Discoveries Behind the Iron Curtain, uh, came to us. And then we opened our eyes and said, oh my God, look at this stuff going on in the Soviet bloc. It's really exciting. And uh, back in those days, they were building devices with very strange shapes, believing in the power of shape, uh, with rather unconventional circuits. And I'll show you a few in a moment. But the term psychotronics comes from the marriage of psycho and tron. So it's really about the mind-machine interface from the onset. But specifically, technology that works with intention to do practical things, as Jeffrey said. And that might be promoting healing of a loved one, of an animal, uh, or of uh, getting rid of those pests in your uh, field as a farmer, or enhancing crop yields. And it's alive and well today. And there are devices, there's professional companies that manufacture these devices. And we consider them operator dependent. That's very different from typical technology. You have an instrument, it does something, it doesn't matter who turns it on and runs it. These devices depend on the operator specifically. They interact with the operator. And exactly how they do that, we don't fully understand it, but we have some clues. And so this whole field is about the study an application of an intention and a purported subtle energy that goes beyond our notions of conventional electromagnetic, electric and magnetic energy that may be mediating these effects and having making changes in the physical world. You probably have seen dowsing instruments such as the dowsing rod and pendula and there is really no special property to these devices. I don't think anyone would say, oh, um, Oh, sorry. Thank you, I gotta remember. <laughs> uh, so there's no special properties to um, uh, an L-shaped coat hanger with of intention. She entranced me. You guys, I, I know it's hard to turn it off, I know, but um, yeah, listen, I've listened to about 20 hours of a bunch of different people. She mentions a bunch of people in here that you can go look at, look at their work. Right. And right. they've actually, you can, if you search the term map of consciousness, uh -huh. there's a guy, there's a guy that just died and uh, he actually mapped consciousness. Mm -hmm. So they actually have a map, they have a map of consciousness. And so through this technology here, these these guys don't have any sinister bones in their bodies. These guys are actually scientists that welcome anyone 
to come and come in and, you know, add to what they're doing to help, you know, bring it along. But, you know, unfortunately, you know, there's other, there's other people that use the same technology. I mean, anybody that can buy the technology can use it. That's the thing. Everybody thinks, you know, you, you know, they think it's, it has to be a government that's targeting an individual, but that's not really the case because there's really nobody that sits over the top. Well, of yeah. Equipment. Yeah. There, well, there's private individuals, you know, mm-hmm. usually wealthy ones with nefarious uh, purposes who will utilize that type of technology. I've heard it a lot. Right. Yeah. I mean, you know, you know, listen, if the technology is available to you and you're, you're a corporation, why wouldn't you use it? In other words, what I'm saying to you is if I know that backward masking is going to make you buy something, then why wouldn't I put it in there? Right. The only reason I wouldn't is because somebody says I can't but well unless you had you know certain amount of ethics and you had a conscience and you'd like corporations yeah but corporations don't have ethics they have shareholders that want profits and profits are based on you know bottom lines you know just 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 the same way that you know I mean I was looking into robotics last week and you know it's just like to the point where, hey, I'll give you an example. That place that I was telling you about, Hodges Transportation. Uh-huh. You know what they were doing? You know what they were doing out there uh, 20 years ago when I told when I put that system in that I just told you about? They were running trucks at 70 miles an hour, full on big rigs, 18 wheelers, running them at 70 miles an hour around an oval track by themselves with GPS. So everybody's wondering whether or not, you know, they're going to be able to do that. No, they can do it. There's not not even a question if they can do it. So here's what's going to happen. These robotics, everybody's, everybody's wondering, well, here's what's going to happen. Almost every service job that there is is going yeah. to be eliminated. eliminated. Mm-hmm. Uh, buildings full of people sitting there on computers, calling people, making phone calls and all that, that's right. gone. Right. Yeah. It's not just going to be that. It's going to be truck drivers. It's right. also going to be, and here. Here's the thing. People that are professionals like uh, lawyers and doctors and all that, they think yeah. they're safe, but they're not safe because that's all going to be taken over, too, because, you know, um, an, an, an AI attorney will be able to look back at all case precedents since the history of time in one split second and make an argument for you. Right. You know, I mean, who are you going to hire? Uh, right. You know. The other thing is, you know, judges, see you later. It's all going to be based on the law, you know, yeah. at that right? So um, also doctors, robotic arms are already doing surgery. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, surgeons, see you later. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, so, it, you know, there's going to be a big transition that's coming, and it's coming quick. The only way that it could come as fast as it needs to is if everything that we have right now gets taken down so they can rebuild it with the new stuff because mm-hmm. otherwise they're going to milk this other infrastructure and all this other stuff as long as they possibly can mm-hmm. well it, it kind of reminds me too of that book um, that was written in the early 70s i believe called future shock by alvin, alvin toffler and and so that that's all really coming together now we're it past is. that threshold of what society can deal with in regard to uh, technology. 
And, you know, basically his premise was that technology is about 20 to 30 years ahead of where society is at to actually be able to accept it. But we're lit. We're literally though at the point right now where we've we're they're they're already in they're already making quantum leaps and yes. with quantum computers that are yeah. solving problems that cannot be solved any other right. way. Right. And and so we're still in the Silicon Valley, and they're already in the quantum you know realm where you know past, present, and future all exist in a single moment. Yeah, uh, you know, and we can go anywhere we want into that, you know, on some tactile particles or whatever. Right. But uh, <laughs> it's, uh, I mean, it's so intense what's going on. I mean, really, we're hot. We're at a stair step in evolution. Um, there's a there's a documentary out there called Cybertopia. You should wow. check it out. It's called okay. Cybertopia. The beginning. Here, I'll tell you what. I'll play you this. This will blow you out. I'll I'll play one more clip and then I gotta go because I gotta work tomorrow. <laughs> but I've enjoyed. Yeah, um, we gotta work tomorrow too. Hang on. Yeah. Let me get this. Okay. Hang on one second. Lay lay it on us, brother. Oh, you gotta hear Hang this, on. man. No, you guys gotta hear this. This beginning part where he goes, "Hey, man, we're from the future." from the silicon valley so you know your old system yeah your go your governments mm -hmm. your this he goes 196 countries he goes i got more choice in sodas than i have in countries and governments he says i'm gonna build cities they're gonna build floating cities out past the seven mile international market all that usa offers, right why go with anybody um, else <laughs> um they're going to build floating cities, you guys. Oh, like Flo in China. In floating Japan. cities. In Japan. Out, yeah. Out, no, out past the seven-mile international mark. Mm -hmm. And then you can pick and choose what country you want to live in. You buy the government you want to live under. I know, you know a country I want to live in. Which one? It's called Utopia. Yeah, I hear you. Well, hey, you should hear what you you really, you guys got to see this because they go into this whole thing about how um, Burning Man, of all this thing about Burning Man that you guys would really be interested in. That's all mind control. Come on. Nah. That's uh, called that's, mind control. Well, uh, it's apparently where they send, uh, they send all the boys to go over there and get uh, team up and build uh, stuff out in the desert out of nothing and decide who's going to be the next vice president of Google. Oh. You know? Yeah, it's no joke. Yeah, no, definitely. Wow. It's no joke. Yeah, here, check this out. You're tripping me out, Jimmy Jean. Hey, hey, man. Let me tell you something. When West Coast companies go to New York or, or, or Washington or to Europe, they promote themselves as representatives of an entirely new way of being. And if you want to regulate them, well, you're just part of that old world. Why don't you get with the program? You know, the we are the future. We can see the future. You know, the world's already put together. We can see how it's put together. And you can't. You're still promoting that 19th century weird bureaucratic governance thing. We're from the future. We're from California. You might think crazy what I'm about to say. Tim Draper. The Risk Master is about to come to town. By the way. 
everybody's dancing around because they're making so much money. Hang on a second. This is Silicon Valley, viewed from the only higher point from miles around, a landfill adjacent to the Googleplex. It's hard to imagine that this is one of the world's most powerful regions, but it's the place that may hold even more knowledge, power and wealth than Washington, Wall Street or Brussels. The architecture of Silicon Valley is like a Lego set. It's so he basically goes in and starts here. Let me let me skip forward. Let me get you guys to this. You guys got guys got to hear this. Okay, last so, one. All right, one. you got you got to hear this. Here we go. You ready? Okay. What, what time is it? Okay, it's it's eleven twenty-four. I'm gonna give you three minutes of this. It's Miller's time. Okay. Good good deal. You'll love this though. This will be good. Here we go is to find a way to escape from it. It's not a way to fix it, it is a way to escape. I've forgotten which, which entrepreneur it was who said that um, if you don't understand Burning Man, you don't understand Silicon Valley. It might have been Peter Thiel, I don't remember who. Um, Peter Thiel at Burning Man? Might have been, uh, <laughs> you're so sweet. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if Peter Thiel himself goes, but certainly people with his beliefs go, sure. Oh, yeah, there's a lot of right-wing folks out there wearing, you know, pink bunny fur and dancing in the heat. Yeah. Burning Man is an annual festival, began in 1986, started small. Now, as many as 45,000 people go out into the desert in Black Rock City, Nevada. It's really an empty, harsh, hot desert. And they build a temporary city. And they live together for a week. You have to bring everything that you need on the desert. You can't buy anything out there except coffee and ice. Um, it's a, it's a money-free environment. It's meant to be a space of personal expression, personal discovery, and collaborative community. vision is enormously appealing. It's also, I would argue, part of the culture of a place like Google. In a place like Google, uh -huh. um, a lot of the way the engineering works is the engineers need to know each other personally and collaborate to generate new products, new projects, new products. Um, they need to work intensely together, but they need to find each other partly on the basis of um, their kind of personal style and their, and their individual skill. Burning Man is a place to rehearse that process. At Burning Man, you put on a costume, you move individually, you move flexibly through the space, you recognize each other, and then you form intensely highly skilled production teams to make high-tech art. When they're out <laughs> yeah, so, um, hey, hey, we all came down here to, to go to the, form this production team, but Bob doesn't want to drink the blood, man, so I guess he's out. <laughs> I mean, can you imagine? That's what crazy this guy, shit. Can you imagine what this guy's saying? Because listen, I mean, imagine you were thrown in. I mean, it almost sound. I mean, I could almost write a fiction novel about it because it almost sounds like some sort of a life or death game where you're thrown into this ring with five other people that are super smart, and you yeah. all got to come. 
y'all got to come together and figure out how to make some uh, piece of art out of this pile of junk. Mm-hmm. If you don't, and if you can't team up and be buck up and don't, you know, the guy that's whining and the guy that's, you know, you know, the guy that's over there complaining and all this, you know, yep. see you later. Buddy. See there, ya. There's your viable screenplay idea, Jimmy G. <laughs> yeah well you know it's it's an intense thing i i've never been there i've i've heard people for the last 20 years talk about how it's it's the devil's uh the devil worshipers and all this but you know i guess i guess what i you know might be a good idea to just go experience it for myself yeah (laughs) instead of taking some people who go i know a lot of people who go so hey so olaf let me ask you this when are we going to have our first event at Camp Paranoia? Well, uh, this spring, I'm going to yes. go out there and, uh, you know, try to build some stuff out, uh, platforms and other stuff, mm-hmm. uh, see what I can do. I just recently discovered um, that there is a homeowners association where uh, Camp Paranoia is, <clears throat> and apparently they have a well. And in the spring, uh, they're going to be putting in a well that I, I can get access to. So right. water will be taken care of, and that's going to make it a hell of a lot easier. But mm-hmm. uh, the, the Paranoia Airstream is going to be heading up there once the platform's in place. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to start to try to build out some stuff up there this year. Cool. So soon. Yeah, Jimmy Jean, you should come to Camp Paranoia. When yeah, you guys, should, you guys should let me know, because when I was – sick and i was laid up i spent about a year looking at um how to build for almost nothing i mean i could build a house for literally like a couple hundred bucks yeah this is out by klamath falls area nice east east of klamath falls on the side of a mountain right let me let me know and i'll send you a couple links to some cool floor plans you can do you know you don't even need old jimmy but i'd be happy to come out there anytime and help you Oh, you, you have to because, you know, Richard Allen Miller is just not too far from there. And so he's going to come down and nice. Do so you guys might as well all get together and hell yeah. Unhappy paranoia family. Uh, yeah, he, invited I just, I, he invited me up to come up a while back, like last year when you got, mm-hmm. remember when you guys were going to get on the show, on my show, when yeah. you guys were coming. He was. He wanted me to go up there because I was making these movies, and he wanted me to come up. To, he had a studio friend up there. They were doing something. Mm-hmm. So that'd be cool to come up there. Yeah, let me know. I'd be happy okay. to. Sounds like fun. I'll let you know when it's ready. Cool. All right, Olaf. All we right. Had a really great well, show. I think so. Another mind blowing show. Thank nice. you for coming on. Hey, any time you guys wanna. You need a. You need an old sidekick from the Bay Area to come in. Let me know. I got Absolutely. a good. I, hey, I also I got a really cool guy who was one of the original algorithm writers from Google. Who's a friend of mine. His name's Carl Street. Uh, maybe he'd be like to talk to him. Yeah, I bet you would. He's and listen. You know what? I'll, we should talk about this on after after the show's over. But uh, thanks a lot for having me on, you guys. And like I said, anytime. Yeah, we'll have to come well, on your show sometime. I Absolutely. know. I know. Well, I'm in the process of moving it right now off of tr- mm-hmm. uh, True Frequency Radio, so mm-hmm. um, I definitely have you guys on when I do my show. And you guys, you should definitely go on Kev Baker, especially you, Olav. Oh, yeah. You should go on there and talk about some space. 
because uh, he's done I, that before. I have him. I, I have him. Oh, you, should, you should go again. No, it's been a while. Yeah, you got to go every year. I think once a year. Yeah, <laughs> at least once. Yes, we spent quite a All bit right. of time talking about well, space there. <laughs> well, it's been another uh, thrilling podcast. Uh, thank you to our listeners. Uh, you can find us at ParanoiaMagazine.com, Paranoia Magazine on Facebook, Paranoia Mag on Instagram, or I'm sorry, Paranoia Mags on Instagram, and Paranoia Mag on Twitter. And you can hunt us down on Facebook, uh, just me and Ron. Ask us questions. It's totally cool. Show ideas, whatever. Buy some T-shirts. Uh, they help fund stuff. Buy the magazine. New issue coming. And uh, be excellent to each other, Ron. Take good care and keep the faith. Thanks, guys. And uh, we'll talk to you again in about a week. Later. Right Thank you for listening to Paranoia Radio, hosted by Olaf Phillips and Ron Patton. Sponsored by Paranoia Magazine. Read it now. Paranoiamagazine.com Intro theme, The Guide, was composed by Scott Moon. ScottMoon.net Outro theme, Fighting Trousers, is by Professor Elemental. ProfessorElemental.com Voiceover written and performed by Mr. Lobo, host of Cinema Insomnia. Watch new episodes on OSI 74. Visit us at OSI74.com. We are resuming control. For now. <laughs>